That night I had a dream. I drifted off thinking about happiness, birth, and new life. But now I was haunted by a vision of blah 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 blah. blah. He was horrible. I want to suck your blood. I also want to suck your twinkie. A man with all the powers of hell at his command. Oh, vision! Is this in 3D? No, but your face is. You could turn the day into night. Have a nice flight. And laid the waste to everything in his path. Chrissy, over by the wall. Bring me the big knife. It was especially hard on little things. Bring me the big knife. I'm gonna cut my throat. Helpless and the gentle creature. Give me my wife. He let the scorched earth in his wake be foul on even the sweet desert breeze that whipped across his brow. Give me my wife. I didn't know where he came from or why. You mean my wife? I know if you would dream with it. I'm a vampire! 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 Welcome back to, I've totally forgotten the name of it. We're recording on a Monday instead of a Sunday. The and we normally record on Saturdays. I know. The unbearable lightness and or weight of me. The unbearable weight of Nicolas Cage. Welcome back to episode four. Five? Ooh. Oh, five. Five, yep. Well... I'm having a great morning. I did have a coffee. I had a single coffee. Uh, but yeah, I'm Luke. I'm Devin. I'm Abby. And uh, it's going to be an interesting morning because our AC stopped working. So we have nice. windows open. Yeah, so if there's extra sounds, I will do what I can to make it nice and clean. But uh, yeah. There's an airplane in the background now. Don't know if that's picking up. I can't even I can hear it. Okay, I can't hear it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna be- Oh no, it's a crop duster! We must duck away from it now! Did you see the uh, edit someone made of North by Northwest where it's the crop duster scene but someone edited out the crop duster? Yes, it was beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, this week we're going to be talking about Vampire's Kiss, but Abby wanted to confront you, Devin. Yes, please. Hashtag come at me. <laughs> and bro. I will also join. Come at me, bro. I will say I appreciate the fact that because you purchased it on Voodoo, we did not put any money into watching Scoob. It was not good. It was not what I wanted from a Scooby-Doo movie, and beyond that, I don't think it was well-written. Well, you just wanted more Mystery Incorporated. Yeah, because Scooby-Doo is supposed to be about solving mysteries, and not fighting bowling ball robots, and the gates of hell. 
That's a mystery incorporated, Luke, in other Scooby-Doo adventures. That's not always just the case. I enjoy Mystery Incorporated. This didn't feel like Scooby-Doo. It has much more of the live-action film type of feel to it, Luke. I like the live-action films because there they established themselves as a mystery and they don't do weird choices for the canon. They are doing things, but it's not just Scooby-Doo, Luke. We're also setting up the Hanna-Barbera universe. Well, and I will say, I think we missed that part of it in our watch the first 20 minutes, watch the last 15 minutes. Well, we got to Blue Falcon, but yeah, we didn't get to Tracy Jordan as Captain Caveman, and we just caught the very end of Dick Dastardly. Did you miss all the great little cameos as they're driving down the street, and bam, there's Mr. Peebles' pet shop on the side of the road, and you're like, yeah, and then you're talking to your roommate really drunk because he doesn't know shit about Hanna-Barbera, Well, yeah. and then you start explaining the entire history of Magilla Gorilla to him. I got a gorilla for sale, Megillah gorilla for sale, for sale. Most of my Hanna-Barbera knowledge comes from one very old Hanna-Barbera VHS tape we had, and then um, Harvey Birdman. Which is fair. Which is fair. For me, it was actually, it was um, Cartoon Network. Back in the days when, like, waking up at five in the morning was what you did as a child Mm -hmm. to watch your Saturday morning cartoons, on Cartoon Network from about five till seven, they would show only uh, old Hanna-Barbera cartoons. Well, and for me, growing up in southern Ohio, there was also Paramount Kings Island, which is now no longer Paramount Kings Island, where they had all the Hanna-Barbera stuff. I've actually never been to Kings Island. I'd say we should go, but coronavirus! Uh Uh-huh. Well, and the last time I went there and I had a nasty ear infection or something, and that made riding worse. Oof. And I tried to tough it out, and it was great, because it was like, oh, maybe I just need some food in my stomach. And mm. I ended up getting some dramamine. But I we think de- we can all see how this story ends. We decided to go on the Viking ship, and it's like, you know, if I go to the middle, like the center... Uh, oh, so probably... you just blew chunks over everyone. I held them in, because across from me was a bunch of girls my age who saw that I was looking sick, <laughs> As the ship went up, and I was facing down at them. (laughs) Good for you, Luke. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, that was the last time my brother came home before uh, going to Vietnam, if I remember correctly. King's Island's fun, though, Abby. But yes, now it is a Snoopy's Playground Paradise. Actually, I think they even lost the licensing rights to that. I know, I think it still has Snoopy. Okay. Because well, if it doesn't have Snoopy, Snoopy, it doesn't have shit. Let's be real. <laughs> it's and Snoopy. Before it, was, before it was Snoopy, it was Hanna-Barbera. Well, no, before it was Snoopy, it was Nickelodeon. Oh, you're right. Oh, that's that's the one that's that's what shifted. Yes, you're right. It's Nickelodeon, then yeah. Hanna-Barbera. See, we were Geauga Lake slash Six Flags. I've only been a one Six Flags. Did you never go to Cedar Point? Oh, yeah. Went all the time. Okay. I was gonna... Okay, that makes more sense. Is that the only Six Flags you've been to? Cedar Point's not Six Flags, though. Yes, it is. No, it's not. Cedar Point is Cedar Point. It is owned by the Cedar Fair Company, which also owns Valley Fair here in the Twin Cities. 
I think they're now owned by Cedar Point. Oh god. And Cedar and Cedar Fair also is what owns Kings Island now. Yeah. Yeah, I can believe that. <sighs> that was how I first was aware of what Face Off was, solely from the poster. Hell yeah. God, what a great ride too. I don't think I ever read it, wrote it. Honestly, I was terrified of roller coasters to the age of 12 until the Incredible Hulk helped me by getting me on the Incredible Hulk roller coaster. Oh, okay. Uh, So the Happy Land of Hanna-Barbera started in 1972. Then in 1993, there was a brief rebranding as the Busy World of Richard Scary, which is why there's like the Lowly Worm ride. And then, in 2006, it was Nickelodeon Universe, so they turned the Flight of the Eagles into the Danny Phantom Coaster. And then, Planet Snoopy in 2010. But when did Hanna-Barbera come back, though? Uh, it apparently... They didn't do a full rebranding of it. Okay, because Richard Scary was never there at any point when I remember being there. It was never as big... I remember seeing the television ads for Richard Scary. I got nothing. Yeah. I was going to say, cause it was always Fred Flintstone was one of the people <laughs> holding up the, the entranceway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As you walk in to King's Out, it was great. Cedar Fair owns a crazy selection of parks. Hell yeah, they do. They own um, Schlitterbahn. And Knott's Berry Farm as well. I've been to Schlitterbahn. Which otherwise I'd only know from the one Mabim Bam. Yeah. My entire youth group got horrible suntans and then had to endure a week of youth group oriented fun, which included a lot of conga lines. Yeah. We learned to hover hands over the person in front of us. Good for you, Luke. Uh, but yes, uh, that is not... (laughs) Yeah, if you take... If you drink a lot of alcohol, Scooby-Doo is the best movie of the year. (laughs) I'm willing to go back and watch the middle part. I'm just probably not going to start from the beginning. I would go back and watch the section we missed. Maybe I just need to get drunk for the first time in my life to endure a Scooby-Doo movie, which, oh, that doesn't sound like something I should have to do for the Scoob. <laughs> also, yeah, my roommate here doesn't really care at all about Scooby-Doo, thought it was fine. She doesn't We gave up and watched Jumanji 2. Mm-hmm. It was exactly what he expected it to be. <sighs> Jumanji 2 is great, and so is the technical mm-hmm. Jumanji 2. Jumanji 2, I would say, was good. Jumanji 1 was great. Welcome to the jungle, and then... Yeah. Yeah. (sighs) We're not here to discuss any of those movies, though. Oh, no, quite cheerfully, I think Robin Williams' Jumanji is overrated as hell. Yeah. I, I, I don't enjoy that film. No, I don't either. It scared the shit out of me as a child. Rock Jumanji is best Jumanji. <laughs> I, I, I think I said it. I would be happy if there was a Jumanji movie that came out every other year and they just continued the franchise until it died or uh-huh. became unrecognizable. Hell yeah. But uh, 
today except we're going to... Except for they need to switch, or in my opinion, they shouldn't switch around who the different kids are playing as, though. Yeah, that was... Because the one issue that the second one had, which is as, as great as an impression that Kevin Hart did of Danny Glover, Kevin Hart needs the manic energy. Yeah. Which Fair. is lacking in the second one. I also kind of missed Jack Black being able to just be a very stereotypical white teen girl. <laughs> that, that too. Though Jack Black, I will say... Nothing against Karen Gillard, but Jack Black did not play a borderline offensive uh, black teen male. <laughs> Fair. Because when Karen Gillan became French. Fridge, it was just like, ooh. Luckily, that was a very short part of the movie. Mm -hmm. It was. Jack Black played it well. Yeah, Jack Black is a very underrated actor. Mm-hmm. Welcome to the Jack Black Podcast. I would enjoy that so much more. <laughs> We've got to teach you how to understand and appreciate Nicolas Cage. If it, we had it my way, that man's going to win an Academy Award this year. For what? He won't. Well, they keep saying that they're going to push back the Academy Awards or postpone them, maybe. Who knows? Because of Corona and how movies just aren't straight up coming out. Mm-hmm. But to me, it's like, no, I want you to keep the same bullshit rules in place where they have to have aired in the theater. Because that... the best picture and best like actor category would be Nicolas Cage for Color Out of Space versus Martin Lawrence and Will Smith for Bad Boys 3. <laughs> versus Vin versus Diesel. Jim... <laughs> versus Jim Carrey for Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> God. Versus Vin Diesel yeah. as Bloodshot. Oh yeah. Versus Margaret, and then Margaret Robbie just walks home with her Oscar for Birds of Prey. Mm -hmm. And Taylor Swift gets her documentary award, so bam, everyone's happy. God. That one uh, didn't air in theaters, though. No, it did air. It aired in a very select few of theaters. Probably so it would be considered for... Mm -hmm. That's a very good strategic move. Because the Oscar's going to bait, 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 bait. It would be a crazy Oscar year if they keep the regular rules, though. It's like, yeah, only go with the weird, the bad rules. Would... But then make it to only the weird, like, January, February movies. Yeah, would there even... Compete. Like, because, like, Trolls 2 wouldn't even be for animated. No, it wouldn't. No, it would just be Onward. Onward would win... Oh. For best animated because it's the only one that aired in theaters. Oh, that bums me out. What if it was like one of those weird, low-budget Christian animated films? Starring Kirk Cameron. <laughs> Probably. I don't know which one of those exists, but... Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we should probably, because we've been talking for almost 15 minutes... About not the movie. Uh, we're watching Vampire's Kiss, a movie that came out the year I was born. I brought it back to Nicolas Cage. Mm-hmm. And I haven't seen it. I have seen it. I definitely haven't seen it. But this is like one of the infamous weird Cage rules. 
like the first version of the theme song that I made just had a bunch of quotes from this movie. This movie is what is in all the montage clips usually of mm-hmm. Cage. I'm a vampire! I'm a vampire! I have only seen, like, the two big gifts from this movie, and I'm trying not to read the movie description so that I can give my summation of what I think this movie is about. Yep. Uh, it is yep. on Amazon Prime, and if you look at Vampire's Kiss, it's two versions of this movie. It's free on Prime, and then there's a version you can just pay for. Uh, multiple versions of A Kiss of a Vampire, Young Dracula, and then it rotates between vampire anime and lesbian vampire movies. So, high hopes. So lots of great things for you to be exploring on Amazon Prime. As always. Mm -hmm. Thanks, Mr. Jeffy B. Mm. Alright. So, my... I assume that this movie starts with Nick Cage not being a vampire, but kind of being a dick. And then he somehow has to figure out how he became a vampire. And how to potentially continue to be a Wall Street playboy type while being a vampire. And having multiple emotional freakouts about being a vampire. Sure. Ooh, this movie got John Michael Higgins. Who the fuck is that? Luke is holding up a picture of John Michael Higgins. He's the guy who's like the middle evolution of Fred Willard. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. R.I.P. Fred Willard. That was sad. I recognize his face. I don't know who the hell this man is, though. He plays the great lawyer in uh, Arrested Development. Abby has not seen Arrested Development. Oh. He plays the dumb... I mean, he's, like, in everything, but the Arrested Development's the one where I can really... Oh, he was in Pitch Perfect. Oh, yeah, he was the co-host with uh, Elizabeth Banks. Got it. Mm -hmm. Yep, that that does it. Yeah, I was kind of interested to see what movie Devin would think that uh, Abby had seen with him in it. Yeah. And he chose the correct one. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. That was a fun franchise. He's also in Best in Show, but I don't think you'd like that movie. I've seen that movie. Mm-hmm. In the same psychology class we watched, the last ten minutes of Moonstruck in. My mom loves that movie. Alright, well. And it also has a pre-Fraser, uh, David Hyde Pierce. Ooh. Well, Devin, do you have any other movie facts you would like to share with us before we watch it? No. Oh, the other John Michael Higgins role that you might remember is as Mintak, the Mind Taker. Yeah, but that's not his face. <laughs> I. That's not his face. Yes, I do know who Mintak, the Mind Taker, is. Going back to where I know most Hanna Barbera from, but mm-hmm. that's not his face. Uh, he was also in Community as Professor Whitman for like three episodes. He was the season. Oh, of the day. Yeah. Okay, well, I look forward to seeing another movie where Nicolas Cage has a... At least the breakdowns will be understandable in this movie. Like, there will be a reason that he will be having an emotional breakdown, and not because of a bread slicer. 
<laughs> I understand the bread slicer one. He has to wear that weird, like, wooden hook hand thing. I don't want that. Fair. Alright, well, let's get into the movie. As I mentioned, it's free currently on Amazon Prime. So you can watch it there. It has a three-star review from 183 reviewers on Amazon. That's 186. That's interesting. Yes. I'm surprised it's so high. <laughs> God damn it, Devin. <laughs> and we'll see you. What, let's see what Devin's review of it was. Huh. They gave very good reviews on Letterboxd. <laughs> I don't remember that. <laughs> Were you possibly also drunk when you saw this one? Mm, slight chance. I watched it in college at some point. Well, it will be interesting to see if you agree with your college review of Vampire's Kiss. Mm-hmm. And we're back from Vampire's Kiss, which is easily the worst movie we've watched on here so far. Yeah. So much. I don't think I've ever asked Luke how many time, how much time is left in a movie, that many times before. Yeah, you you asked after the first forty minutes. I think was the first time. Yeah. And it's an hour and forty minutes long. It's uh, too long. The movie cost two million dollars to make and made a made three quarters of a million in the box office. It deserved its failure. But what an inspired performance by Cage, though. Inspired Fuck. by what? What inspired it? No, he's an inspiration to the masses. I mean, I understand why there are so many gifts of this movie. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's one of Cage's, like, proudest uh, roles that he's done. Because of its gifability or for some other reason? He did a no. lot of method acting. Mm-hmm. He had about six accents in the first half. Fuck yeah. Cause, yeah, because he's getting his vampire-ness going. <laughs> I mean, all of just the crazy hand movements, the gestures, just the way that he starts walking around, like, Count Orlock from Nosferatu. <laughs> ah, man committed. The way that he just bugs his eyes out. That was pretty incredible. Yeah, like, he did weird. It's, it's just he's ultimately a incredibly unlikable character. Like, this is a movie about a asshole literary editor who mistreats one of his secretaries, assaults her sexually assaults her and then gets murdered all because he thinks that he's turning into a vampire mm -hmm. because he's crazy somehow well the entire part of the movie is supposed to be a metaphor for loneliness and about the fact that he cannot find love I didn't see that I, I mean I read it on Wikipedia uh, it did not work for me Cage got it what is it? Like the I... point of the film. Cage understood. 
There was a whole thing where Cage like really wanted to do this movie because it was first going to be Dennis Quaid that was mm-hmm. making the film. And then, then he, Cage got the film, but then he left the film because his agents pressured him to because they didn't think a horror movie would be good after doing Moonstruck. But then he decided to buck his agents and is this asked to be in the film. Was this billed as a horror movie? It's a horror comedy. It's a horror black comedy. Oh, it has a it has a vampire that I mean horror. it has a vampire and also the worst fake blood I have ever seen in my life. Hell yeah! Is it just straight up Kool Aid? Oh yeah. But I mean, you have Cage going into his weird madness. That was fun. <laughs> and boy, does he act the hell out of it. Like that cockroach that he eats. That was a real cockroach. Because oh, mm-hmm. he didn't want to just eat an egg. Yep. Oof. And he had to eat two cockroaches because they needed a second tape. Oof. Yep. This is a movie of choices that Nicolas Cage made. This is the, I'm going to do 16 one-shot episodes to wrap up Exiled of Nicolas Cage <laughs> choices. Just pointless work that people ultimately don't care about. So, oh no, a lot of people love this movie. This movie has like a huge cult following. I mean, I can totally see that. It has kind of that what-the-fuck room-esque quality to it. Except Hot that, take, I think The Room is garbage. Yeah. Room has no redeemable qualities, even as a bad film. They literally had to make up games to make it more entertaining. Yeah. Fair. Disaster I'm... Artist is far and away a better film. <laughs> I didn't like Disaster Artist. Oh, see, I love Disaster Artist. I still fucking hate The Room. <laughs> My problem with Disaster Artist is that they tried to make it seem like a conventional buddy movie. And it's ultimately not. Like, it's a story about a very abusive guy. Hell yeah. Even though Greg Sestro is now friends with him again. Are you serious? Yeah, they're making more movies together. Mm -hmm. Because they they made the two-part buddy comedy film that didn't really get released into many theaters. And then he has some new movie about a giant shark, I think. What if they just release all of their movies this year so that they are automatic academic, like, Oscar contenders? Because yeah. somehow they end up being shown in theaters. Because Tommy Wiseau, yeah, because I saw Tommy Wiseau last year, because he came to our town. To and like I still did. For and I still did get the room. Well, like a speaking engagement? Yeah, that's... He, like, he introduced the film. He introduced okay. the room. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he, I mean, he does that pretty frequently. He he makes a lot of money nowadays just on people trying to go for that irony bro loving of the room thing. Like you That's can true. pay, I think, like 60 bucks and he will send you like a copy of the script signed by him and like a copy er, and a pair of his brand of underwear. Yes. He had the underwear right there. My roommate bought the script because he loves that movie. <sighs> I did actually buy a copy of the DVD, because it's like, you know what, it was like five bucks. Yeah, might as well. Yeah, uh, so I am happy to see that there is a worse fake vampire movie than Martin. I've never seen Martin. 
Martin for Abby was a movie by George Romero about a teen boy who thought that he R.I.P. Mm-hmm. He thought that he was an 84-year-old vampire. And proceeded. That sounds more believable than this. It's set in Pittsburgh. Uh, but I think a pretty comparable amount of sexual assault. But also he's a teen boy, so he can't really do shit. So like, there's a scene where he breaks into a house and the guy's... And the woman's husband comes in and just threatens to beat his ass, so he has to scamper out. But that was also similarly long and unentertaining... I mean, this movie has inter- I would honestly think I would enjoy this movie more as a series of GIFs. Like, if I just saw GIFs of this movie in chronological order, I'm pretty sure I would enjoy it more than sitting through the hundred or the hour and 43 minutes of the actual movie itself. That's pretty much what you do if you just watch it on YouTube. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Because it's because it's like all the moments that are super huge meme moments, all the great clips, they're all great. I love them. They are. The like But it's everything that's in between, it's just like eh. Right. Like I really could have done without the dance club scenes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the fucking mimes? Well they didn't really show up much in the movie, but they had more footage of him begging people to stake him to the point where apparently he was asking legitimate homeless people to stake him and they were freaked the fuck out. Yeah, I can believe that and understand that. God. So did one thing I didn't really get, did Rachel when they were having did they actually have sex or did he completely imagined going home with her in its entirety. Unclear. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I kind saw of... Saw a chance, wish- saw a hallucination. Personally, I don't think so because of the way she reacted to him in the nightclub. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that in a lot of ways it would have been more... There would have been more of a suspension of disbelief almost if we hadn't seen her again in the nightclub. Because mm-hmm. seeing her again in the nightclub was just kind of like, okay, like, did mm-hmm. you just creep on her in the club and then that was it? And then you just imagined having sex with her and turning into a vampire? Or did you actually have sex with her and then, like, she did bite you and then you cut yourself shaving and then sent yourself into a very deep spiral? That's what happens when you get horny because of a bat in the room. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Horny for bats. Not even once. Ooh, the bat was also a huge issue with uh, filming as well. Tell Nicholas more. Cage wanted a real bat. Not the mechanical bat that they had. <laughs> it apparently kept trying to get his assistant to go to uh, Central Park with a cooler and a broom... To try to capture a band. Oh my god. (laughs) (laughs) But the director told him no because bats have rabies and he doesn't want Cage to get bit. And apparently finally convinced him to stop it because apparently that he was trying to get a bat imported from Mexico. (laughs) I mean, if Cage had gotten rabies on this film, it honestly kind of would have dovetailed perfectly with everything else he would have Mm -hmm. he was doing. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, the like, director was just like, yeah, I'm pretty sure that was that like buying a bat from Mexico is illegal. <laughs> I I wish the movie had been we don't know that he's actually going insane and then we get like a fight club style. Oh, 
no, he's been crazy the entire time. Like, I think that's how they'd have to do it if they were going to make a remake of this for some reason. But, yeah, they will just... Not. I, I felt like the tone was weird in the mix of, oh, sometimes we think he's turning into a vampire, but ultimately he's not, and just, like, commit more one way or the other and figure out the tone as a result. Oh, I never thought we were supposed to think he was a vampire. I but, thought so for, like, the first, like, ten minutes of After Vampireness, and then it was definitely like, oh, no, he's definitely... Because, like, the fact that he was not at all really allergic to the sun in the beginning was kind of a, like, oh, yeah, no, this is all in this dude's mind. Yeah. Um, actually, if you read the original Bram Stoker's Dracula, Dracula is only weakened by the sun. He's not destroyed by the sun. It was the movie Nosferatu featured frequently in this film that established that vampires would be killed by the sun. <laughs> Bad. Once again, Luke's literary knowledge makes him a target of abuse on this podcast. That's fair. <laughs> but yes, but the true reason that Cage, uh, they did not get the real bat was because finally the director convinced him saying that if that bat bit you, there is a solid chance you will die. <laughs> Fair. And that apparently scared Cage enough to to drop it. What if he just became even more strong? Was it a real Cage? He probably would be. Probably. I mean, that was probably a trained pigeon. Oh, poor pigeon. A real pigeon would not put up with that shit. Some dude. Cage would have gotten rabies from that one. (laughs) Yeah, I would believe that as well. Can pigeons carry rabies? Pretty sure. I I don't think that I think as long as you're a mammal you can theoretically get rabies. Pigeon, rabies, do pigeons carry disease? Yes. Uh birds, snakes, and fish are not mammals, so they can't get rabies and they can't give it to you. Okay, well Whatever. Probably a bunch of other diseases. Look, this is a movie podcast, not a bullshit literary podcast. <laughs> Where are we talking about pigeon rabies? So, yeah. It... Well, the best way that I've read, the, that the best way to describe Nicolas Cage as an actor is he is basically a character actor, but he happens to be a star. I can see that. Which, as we keep going forward with more of the zaniness, yeah, definitely. I mean, this was definitely, like, the first movie where it was, like, Nick Cage is being Nick Cage and it feels appropriate that he's being Nick Cage instead of just, like, he happens to be Nick Cage in a movie where it isn't necessary for him to be Nick Cage. It felt like he was in character appropriately and not just him putting a bunch of weird character ticks onto Mm -hmm. Also, as much as I hated how long this movie was, it was the first movie where I didn't feel like it was, like, the climax and the ending all happened immediately, which I do very much actually appreciate compared to the other movies we've seen so far. This movie was just about 40 minutes too long. Yeah. Yeah. Which I can't really, other than some of the, like, intercede scenes of like dancing and that kind of thing i can't really explain what i would take out of this movie to make it shorter but it was definitely way too fucking long 
the, the weird sex movie scenes. And the problem with the big the, with this film is too is it's the part that is by far the most memorable is the B plot of the film, which is him tr- tormenting Mighty his Alva, secretary yeah. to mm-hmm. get the file. That ultimately doesn't matter. No, that is far and away by far the like most memorable part of the entire film. I was very confused at the scene where we learned that the author doesn't actually give a shit about the contract because. Mm-hmm. I thought he was going to be on speakerphone. I also thought that, too. And so then it was like, why is she just standing there? And then I was like, oh, no, he wasn't on speakerphone. It's 1989. But, yeah. Fuck every single person in that boardroom. Mm-hmm. Like, Nick Cage should have been fired several times. Alva should have called the police about, oh, my boss physically assaulted me. Look, this is 1989. It's New okay. York City. What do you expect? Yeah. So. Also, it's very unclear how old Nicolas Cage is. Yes. Because I would personally say he is playing a character significantly older than he is. Fair. I would have thought at least like he was supposed to be like mid 30s to early 40s. I would agree. The like pressure in which we get in the end, in which he feels like he needs to find a soulmate like that would be kind of a crazy thing to feel like you needed if you were like 25 or 26 yes which i believe when he filmed this he was like 24 yeah so one question i have and i think i know the answer to this the so when he first got that pink the letter on the pink slip of paper i thought that that was alva's pink slip but i guess that letter was actually from Jackie, Janet, Jackie, Janine. yeah, yeah. It was. Would it was you... what she writes to him at the bar when he stands her up. Mm. Okay. Okay. I missed that part of it, and at first I thought it was from Alva, and then I was very confused when she was just back in the office the next day. No. Let's see some random money things with inflation. That cab ride would have cost about a hundred and six dollars. The fancy fangs would have cost about $42, and the cheapo fangs were about $6.20. Hell yeah. It is wild that you would pay that much for a pair of vampire fangs when you could just go to, like, a party supply store or a game arcade and trade in, like, five tickets or pay 50 cents. Mm Mm-hmm. Did he not have a, like, I feel like he did not have a phone in his apartment. We never saw him use one. Yeah. Yeah. Which was, I feel like a successful businessman. A successful businessman whose address and phone number are in the yellow pages, or are in the, uh, yeah. Maybe it was a fax machine. Maybe he doesn't want to be bothered at home. Fair. Yeah. Um, or he also lives in a nice apartment. They also might just have, like, a uh, communal one. That mm-hmm. is true. Also, the police are just awful at their jobs in that movie. Because, like, the people in the club should have found that dead woman really fast and noted, Oh, hey, remember that crazy guy with blood on his mouth who mm-hmm. also punched out a bouncer and was thrown out of the club? Hell yeah. Also, a psychologist did a lot of bad work. 
or a psychiatrist, psychiatrist. Even though we, we never actually saw him take anything? Yeah. That's well, true. Yeah, well, I mean, the last, the last part of him with a psychiatrist was all imaginary, Luke. Yeah. So I guess the question is, was he ever actually... It could also be that he was never actually seeing a psychiatrist in every single part of the psychiatrist was also just a delusion or hallucination. It could be. Well, I, mean, I think he was seeing the psychiatrist. No, I, I agree, because like we see the psychiatrist with her boyfriend, but it has the possibility of also not being real. Now, mm-hmm. here's the other question. Who was driving the taxi because the taxi driver was listed as fantasy cabbie? <laughs> Who knows? I think that was probably supposed to be he. We, we see him in a couple cabs, and that was the cabbie who we see the fantasy of the cabbie and his wife explaining to him that this is how you have a good life. You get married, you find love, and you work. Yeah, so that was a movie. Sure was. That was a movie. Oh, Devin, I feel like you will appreciate the fact that a couple, like, three nights ago, my mom calls me at, like, 9.30 at night and is like, Hey, we just saw the last four minutes of a film that ended with Nicolas Cage and a girl in a hot air balloon, and the hot air balloon says, Cabbie Mary's Waitress. It's a terrible movie. Do you know what movie this is? And I did not know what movie it is, but the movie it is is It Could Happen to You. But oh, I've seen that movie. I recall nothing about that film. That is how it was introduced to me. This is a terrible movie, but it has Nicolas Cage in it. I know you're doing a Nicolas Cage podcast now. Do you know what movie this is off the top of your head? Nice. Yes. We will not be hitting that one for quite some time. It's 1994. It's not too far away chronologically. In terms of years, but there is a number of films in between that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, either seven or eight, I believe. All right. Well, uh, speaking of... Surprisingly, your parents didn't like that, because actually that's that's usually regarded as one of his better ones. I think my mother also just hates Nicolas Cage. That's fair. And my I mom doesn't like him either. Literally, think they saw the last four minutes of it. I talked to my mom, and she was surprised that I had never seen Moonstruck before. Yeah, Moonstruck's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Unlike this one. Thanks, yeah. Robert Bierman, for your bad movie. Well, he got brought in late in the game. It was the writer who was supposed to direct it. Mm-hmm. Really, that's very interesting. It could have gone totally different yep i would have been really i wish there was like i really wish that somebody has found like archival screen test footage of dennis quaid trying to be peter lowe because talk about an entirely different everything honestly to me i feel like it works even less (laughs) No, absolutely, but it just would have been, it would have been terrible, but for completely different reasons, and this is terrible. (laughs) I feel like it would have been kind of a weirdly wooden performance if it had been with Quaid. Agreed. Because I don't really think he can get the completely nutso energy that Cage brings this to you, to us. 
Uh, well, speaking of sort of movies that would have been different under uh, different directors, something I had seen this week was Aaron Sorkin, who wrote but didn't direct the social network, wanted Mark Zuckerberg to come off as a sympathetic person who actually achieves his dreams instead of the way that it was directed by David Fincher, where it's, oh no, he's ultimately very unhappy and very lonely and has alienated everybody from him. So I, if the director, or if the writer had directed it, I think we could have ended up with a very different movie that might have actually captured some of the isolation stuff. Yeah, potentially. Well, it was because the writer wrote it what he was depressed and I guess it was supposed to be a metaphor about him or his girlfriend found there's a metaphor between him and her and the uh, his girlfriend at the time was the producer of this film but then they had a nasty breakup so that is why he left the project because they could not stand to be in the same room together interesting yeah well, what are we going to subject ourselves to next time? So the next one that's listed on Wikipedia is Never on Tuesday, but that's just a movie that has a bunch of random cameos of people driving, including not just Nicolas Cage, but also Carrie Yules, Emilio Estevez, Judd Nelson, Charlie Sheen, Adam Rifkin, and Gilbert Gottfried. Shit, yo. But that's not an actual Nicolas Cage movie. It's just something that the internet went crazy for because it's like, oh, hey, look at this thing. Uh, Time to Kill is the next one, and I wasn't sure if it was available, but somebody has it on YouTube illegally really? because it's not actually streaming anywhere. So do we want to do that next? Does it... Send me the link, Luke. Uh, I literally just Googled. If somebody has it, is it actually either subbed or dubbed in English if it is an illegal YouTube video, or are we just going to try to understand Italian? Uh, it said that it was Italian language. Uh, let's see. Yes, it's an Italian language movie, so the question or, is... Uh, it, uh, it says with English audio. I hope that it's the wrong movie. I hope that it's, like, fucking trolls. What do you mean by trolls? Do you mean, like, trolls too? No. Like, the trolls movie. With the little brightly colored hair guys. Oh. It would be hilarious if it was the audio for trolls, but with a very serious Italian Nicolas Cage. Well, I jumped into the middle of it. Uh, Nicholas Cage is dressed as a soldier smoking a cigarette. Oh Hell yeah, let's watch this. He's, he's grabbed a lizard. He's smiling at the lizard. Yep, it's English language. Oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> and now the lizard is smoking a cigarette! <laughs> Great! There's <laughs> movies where Peter gets increasingly mad at him from this point out. Uh, yeah, so I guess the next time is time to kill. What's the time? It's time to ki kill. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So, uh, yeah, we'll be back in two weeks with that. Uh, Devin, where can you be found online? 
Scott, you can find me online at Fred Ofet. That's F R E D D O F E T T. And Abby, where can people find you? I can be found on Twitter at Abnominus. That's A B B N O N Y O M O U S. Luke, where can you be found online? You can't find me anywhere. I have no web presence at all. You can't find me at, at Coltreg, K-O-L-T-R-E-G, or at my Gumroad site where I've been uploading a bunch of old comics. Uh, yep, yeah, thank you for listening to this. Probably next time I'll also set up a feed so you can um, listen and subscribe if you're not a Patreon person. So look forward to that. Uh, thank you for listening. Next time is Time to Kill... Semi Transylvanian accent. No. Peace. Ew.